Okay, message number one is uh, we've been going through these different fool's gold, money and stuff, perfectionism, fame and power, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the pride of life. Today, I want to talk about two things. Number one, write it if you have taken notes, the approval of people. The approval of people. And if I can be just a little bit vulnerable with you, I just want to share that even people like me who put up a front that says that I don't care what you think of me. Anybody, anybody know people like that? You put up a really good front. Um, I really think that people believe I don't care what you think of me. But the truth is, is that everybody cares what somebody thinks of them. There is an approval of people that we struggle, every person in this room. Because, listen, I care very much how my Clawson family views me as their pastor. I live my life a certain way because I want you to view me a certain way. Amen? I care very much how unsaved people view me. I want them to see me as a person that loves Jesus. I want them to see me as a person that, that, is, that is, is oozing out Jesus Christ out of my life. It is very important to me how people view me. And that is actually a healthy, um, a healthy way that I want people to view me. Now, when it gets unhealthy is whenever I begin to live my life based on the approval of people. When you have to live your life to please people, you got a problem. I call this the disease to please. The disease to please. So, real quickly, three things that people pleasers battle. If you're sitting there thinking, eh, I'm kind of a people pleaser, but not really. Let's, let's ask three questions. Three things that people pleasers battle. Number one, you obsess about what others think. If you live your life and do your makeup and dress and blah, 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 whatever it is, eat your food the way that you eat it, based off of what others think, you obsess about what others think, you struggle at least a little bit with people pleasing. What about you are overly sensitive to criticism? Ugh. Okay, number three, you have a hard time. I skipped that one because that's me. <laughs> number three, you have a hard time saying no. If you have a hard time saying no, if you are overly sensitive to criticism, if you obsess what other people think, then you struggle to, congratulations, you struggle with pleasing people. You struggle with a disease to please. And there's three things that I want to share with you briefly that you need to know on why it's important for you not to be a people pleaser. Number one in your notes is this. People pleasing is a form of idolatry. That happened last night. Everybody's like, oh. Like idolatry, such a, that's a word that hits you in the gut. Idolatry, what is that? The worship of someone or something other than God as though it were God. If you make your decisions with the intent to please people and you don't make your decisions with the intent to please God, you are struggling with idolatry in your life. God said, don't have any other gods before me. He said, don't have any idols or graven images. When people's opinions matter more than God's opinion matters, we struggle with people pleasing. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25 says, fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. So you need to know this. This is a form of idolatry. Everybody say, oof. Okay, number two. You can't be a people pleaser and a God pleaser. You say, well, Pastor, hang on just a minute. What if, what if I please God on Sunday and Wednesday, and then I please some other people 
on like Monday and Tuesday and, and Thursday, Friday, sometimes on Saturday. It, you don't get to do that, y'all. Let me show you. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10 says this. Obviously, this is Apostle Paul. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Golly. Listen to those words one more time. If pleasing people were my goal, help me out. I just wanted to make sure you heard it. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Listen to me. Serving Jesus is controversial. The name Jesus is controversial. If you say that you're a Christ follower, your life is controversial. You are going to make Satan mad, and by making Satan mad, you're going to make people mad through the, the influence that he has over people. So you just know you cannot please people and please God. We see this all through Scripture. One of the greatest uh, examples is when the disciples started preaching Jesus. They started going out and preaching Jesus, and they were um, um, casting out demons in his name and healing people in his name and doing all these things. The church people, everybody say the church people. The church people brought them in and beat the heck out of them. Anybody ever been beat up by church people? <laughs> beat the heck out of them and then said to them, do not preach in the name of Jesus and stop making us responsible for his death. And then they sent them back out. And the Bible says the disciples went out rejoicing that they got beat up in the name of Jesus. That's crazy. Okay, what do you think the disciples did? They kept preaching in the name of Jesus. And then we get to Acts chapter 5. And in Acts chapter 5, I want to read this to you. In verses 28 and 29, the, the church people, everybody say church people, brought them back in. And here's what they told them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. He said, instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him. You didn't just preach him. You filled the whole city with his name. And you are making us responsible for his death. And Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Amen. What are they saying? This is what you need to get in your spirit. Here's what they're saying. Here's what they're saying. I don't need your approval. I don't need your approval. As long as I have God's approval, your approval doesn't matter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I have God's approval. That's what he's saying. I'm going to be bold enough to tell you, even though you're probably going to whoop up on me again. Let me go ahead and tell you. I don't need your approval because I got Jesus' approval. That's got to be our mantra and our mindset in our, in our lives, y'all. Y'all, it's quiet. I need some help. Amen. Number three in your notes. So you cannot be a people pleaser and a God pleaser. Number three, God can set us free from the disease to please. If, if you struggle here, which I would imagine probably a lot of us do, I want you to know from experience, God can set you free from this. You know how he sets us free from a disease to please? Here's how. This is so cool, y'all. When I begin to live my life to please God instead of pleasing people, and that's my train of thought, I do not care what everybody else thinks. I'm pleasing God. I'm pleasing God. God wants me to love people. God wants me to live this way. God wants this to be my path. When I begin to live that life, what happens is, here's, here's what I have found about people. We have a desire built inside of us to please. And so we have to choose who it is we're going to please. And what I found is when you choose to please God, you care less about what people think. Amen. 
And even though you don't mean to, when you choose to please people, you care less about what God thinks. And the way that you break that off of you, that, that disease to please, is you just begin to say in your mind and in your life, I'm pleasing God. I'm pleasing God. The life that I live is going to be the life that's told to me by the scriptures and by the Holy Spirit, and I don't care what everybody else thinks. Amen? So the first fool's gold, message number one, is we got to break out of this fool's gold, y'all. This fool's gold of pleasing people has got to go. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, number two, message number two. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the fool's gold of comfort. <sighs> See, anybody think that possibly in this country we could struggle with comfort just a little bit? Hey, I want to play a game with you. You want to play a game? I'll play with you, okay? Everybody sit down. Oh, you are sitting down. I'll sit down. <clears throat> so I'm going to say something, and if you struggle, don't lie, y'all. If you lie, you better be at the altar for, church, for, for service. Don't lie. How many of y'all promise not to lie? Okay, good. Put your hands down. Okay, everybody sitting down. If when I say something, you struggle with this, this, this game is going to be called First World Probs Game. Okay, we live in a first world. Y'all have probably lots of you have no idea what it's like to live in a third world. Okay, first world problems. Okay, uh, when I say something, if you struggle with that, I want you to stand up. Okay, here we go. Number one, first world problems. If you sometimes struggle with the fact that your phone charger does not reach your bed, stand up. Golly, that's like 40% of the room. Okay, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Okay, here we go. Next one, next one. Y'all ready? If. If you get very irritated when you are waiting for videos to buffer because of the internet, would you stand? Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, y'all sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Okay, number three. If you, now this one's funny. I'm watching because I think some people are going to lie and they ain't going to stand up. Um, if you struggle with being hungry, like you are starving, but not for anything in your house, would you stand? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Okay, y'all sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> okay. Um, this one might just be me, but this happens to me all the time. If you struggle with spending so much time trying to find something to watch, like on Netflix or Hulu, uh, and you spend so much time that you now don't have time to watch the thing you were going to watch, would you stand? Good Lord. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, we got first world probs? Okay. Hey, y'all. Let, let me give you a funny. So true story. When my dad, when, when I was a, a kid, youth, and I started driving, uh, my dad was not just home chilling in the TV, like watching TV very much. It was very seldom that he just came to chill and watch TV. He was working. If he wasn't working, he was thinking about working and planning, working and working, 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 or the church or those kind of things, studying. And so uh, when my dad sat down to watch TV, my sister, I'm not lying, and the remote was not where it went, you know what he would do? It doesn't matter if I'm in Nacogdoches or Livingston or Houston. He's going to call me and he's going to say, hey, why is the remote not where it goes? I would say, Dad, you have four kids. I don't have a clue. And he'll say, come home right, right now and find the remote. <laughs> Dad, I'm in Houston. I don't care. 
Drive back. Dad, it's going to take me two hours. You can find the remote. I don't care. Drive back home right now. Anybody ever do that? <laughs> okay. So listen, that, that was my child. Everybody say, hey, could you turn to my dad real quick and say, first world probs? Okay. All right. Listen. So the, the truth is, is that in our, in our culture, in our society, we really struggle with comfort. Like big time. We struggle with comfort. Let me, let me give you some statistics. I'm not going to use all of them because I don't have time. But let me give you just a couple. Um, how about this? The United States uses 23% of the world's energy, and we only have 5% of the world's population. Did you know that 70% of the world does not have hot showers? And we struggle with the fact that we run out of hot water. 70% of the world does not have hot showers. Um, let me give you a couple more. 83% no, well, let's do the next one. 93% of shoppers choose where they shop based on convenience. Oh, my gosh. Y'all are crazy. I'm a part of the other ones. I, it's, how much do it cost? That's what I want to know. If it costs more at, uh, I don't know, Brookshire Brothers, I'm going to Walmart. If it costs more at Walmart, I'm going to H-E-B. Uh, like, I'm, I'm, y'all crazy. 93%? Choose what Amazon? Sometimes Amazon is cheaper though. <laughs> but I want it now. Uh, that's my issue with Amazon. That two day, it ain't been working very good lately. Y'all notice that? Two day turned into five day, y'all. <laughs> First world problems. Hey, listen. American families on average waste $1,280 annually on kids' clothing. That's waste. We waste, not spend, waste. Americans spend $2.8 billion on candy just for Halloween. Y'all crazy. Some of y'all thinking, oh my God, I spent $200 last year. That was for Fall Fest, y'all. That don't count. Here's, here's what I want to share with you, and here's, here's where we're going, y'all. There is such a, we choose what we do based off of convenience in America. We choose to go the Amazon route. We choose where we're shopping based off of convenience. How many of you think that probably that comfort and that convenience issue has dwindled itself just a little bit into how we choose church? It's not about anymore like, is God moving? It's about how did they serve me? It's about... Was it 70 degrees in the room or am I having to fan? It's about the way that we worship and are they singing old school or are they singing new school? It's about the way that we dress because my God, if the pastor has a backwards hat on, that is not a church I'm gonna go to. I don't care if the Holy Spirit is down at the front moving or not, I'm just not going to. We choose, based, we choose what we do based off of comfort and convenience and how we think more, it's the most important thing in America. And we struggle with it in a major, major way. Amen? Yes. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 says this, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. You know what we want to hear? And if you say you don't, you're a liar. Here's what you want to hear. 
You want to hear what you want to hear. I want to hear that I can do what I want to do. I want to hear the pastor justify things that I'm struggling with that I want to know, is it sin or is it not sin? I want to hear him justify so that I can do what I want to do. I want to hear that I can pick whatever sexual orientation I want, that I can live in adultery. I want to hear that I can, I can live with my girlfriend or boyfriend. I want to hear that whatever it is that makes me comfortable and I want to do, like, that's what I want my preacher to preach to me. And if he's not going to preach it to me, I'll just go to a church that will. Can I give you some encouragement this morning? (laughs) Let me give you some encouragement. Today, next week, next month, next year, I'm never going to give you what you want. I'm not going to. You know why? Because it's not what you need. And my job as your pastor is to give you what you need. So here's two things that you need this morning. Number one, you can't pursue comfort and walk by faith. It's one or the other. If I am living in comfort, I don't need faith. If I'm living a life where I don't need God, there's no need for me to have faith. You cannot pursue comfort and walk by faith. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11 is full of our our heroes of faith. Let me name a few. Abraham had to have faith to leave his home. Moses had to have faith to confront Pharaoh. Noah had to have faith to spend years and years building a boat and looking crazy. All of the disciples had to have faith in order to step into the calling that Jesus had for them. All of them had to get out of their comfort zone. If we're not okay with getting out of our comfort zone, we will never walk in the faith that Jesus has for us. Let me me ask you a few questions. Okay, so the cost of discipleship, here's just a couple of things that Jesus said, okay? If you will not give up your life and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Okay, give up your life and follow me. Is that comfortable or is that uncomfortable? Help me out. Eh, I would say that's a little uncomfortable. Okay, how about this one? If you will not carry a cross and follow me to the place that they're going to kill us on the cross, you can't be my disciple. (laughs) Comfortable? Uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable. Now, I want to move to point number two. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Is that even possible? Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul says this. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty one, with plenty or with a little. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, we quote that verse a lot. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Here's what Paul's saying. I can be comfortable in any uncomfortable situation. 
Whether I have plenty or whether I have a little bit, I can be comfortable. Why? Because my comfort comes from God. I can be persecuted and be okay. I can be beat up by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and come out rejoicing. I can be comfortable. Pastor, are you telling me that I can be comfortable in uncomfortable situations? I'm telling you that you can, but it's not you that gives you comfort. It's God. It's knowing that he has your back. It's knowing that he's walking alongside you. It's knowing that he's leading and guiding. You can be comfortable in whatever situation that you face. Let me close this thing up. We've been going through so many different kinds of fool's gold, y'all. And I believe that the Holy Spirit has been revealing to us things in our life that have to go. I hope he has. I'm praying that he has. He has to me. As a matter of fact, in just a minute, um, I'm going to ask you to respond to this whole series. I, on the very first week, we gave out sheets and these little gold nuggets. And I asked you to go home and begin to pray about what God is challenging you to release from your life. What are things that you have been holding on to as fool's gold in your life? How many of you would say God has been revealing some things to you? Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. I, I don't know what he's been revealing to you, but I know that he's been revealing things to me. And I, and I just wanna encourage you by sharing with you what God is doing. And then we're gonna go into a time of responding and then you can go check out the Heart Center. Uh, I'm gonna be vulnerable with you, okay? I feel like that's my job. God has been speaking to me things that I need to refocus. One of the things that I felt like the Lord said, in fact, I'm just gonna share with you all of them. My fool's gold list. Number one is my retirement. Because here lately, I've been a little money-minded, not on like, I just feel like that I focus, I'm a numbers person. Now I'm trying to justify myself. <laughs> um, I got out of debt three and a half years ago and I learned how to handle money well and now it just consumes my mind. Um, I, I wanna leave a legacy for my family. I, wa I wanna take care of my family. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me the other day and said, hey, you've got the knowledge, you've got the, inf the information, stop obsessing over something that I need you to stop wasting time on. That's, that's a slap in the face because I've wasted a ton of time on it. He said to me, I need you to work on your spiritual inheritance and I'll take care of the physical one. Number two, the approval of people. Gosh. I try to put on a front like I don't care, but I care. Everybody cares. If you're a liar, if you say you don't. It's just who it is that you're working to, to please and have approval from. Number three, my last name. Pogue. That's a big deal to me. It's who I am. It's who I've, I've identified as being a pogue my whole life. And I feel like that the Lord has been saying, I need you just to identify as my child. I need you to take my last name. I need you to stop bragging about your freaking self and your pride. Because I say things like pogues win, and we do. <laughs> but guess what? Jesus wins too. <laughs> And I can carry his name and I can still win. <laughs> and then the last one, y'all, I don't know how many men struggle, how many women struggle, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I preached that last week. I struggle with that. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I believe in just a minute. What I'm gonna do 
So I'm going to take this sheet and I'm going to rip it into pieces and I'm going to sprinkle it where you cannot read any of it, even though you already know it's on there, all over this area right here. And I'm going to drop my gold nugget and I'm believing that God is going to do something supernatural in me. In fact, I did this last night and he was already doing some supernatural things in me. I feel so much lighter today than I was last night. And in just a minute, I'm gonna invite you to do the same thing, but here's what I want you to do. Listen, some of you, you may be thinking to yourself right now, that's stupid. It is kind of dumb. It's a, it's a physical act that I'm doing to get a spiritual result. And that's what faith is. Me doing a physical act to receive a spiritual result result. Let me share with you, this has happened to me before, but let me share with you one of the most powerful times I've ever seen this happen. And then we're going we're gonna to put this into play. Listen, I just want to encourage you. Give me five minutes. Let's allow God to do whatever it is that he wants to do. If you want freedom today, give me five more minutes. Okay. So about six years ago, I preached this series called Skeletons in Your Closet. How many of y'all were here for that? Wow. It's one of the most, um, I still hear people talk about it. Maybe I should preach it again. Um, in that series, I, 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 I was preaching about having ridiculous faith, and I, I dumped a huge, a huge thing of dirt up here, and I had a shovel in the dirt, and then I dumped dirt all over the, the altars on Saturday night. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to put dirt all over the altars, and I was like, oh man, them church people are going to get me for that one. So I did it. I put dirt everywhere. While I was preaching, I was preaching about in Kings, uh, I think it's one of the Kings, where he, he says, God tells them to go, it hasn't rained in forever, and God tells them to go dig these trenches. Anybody ever try to dig when it hadn't rained in forever? Oh man, that takes faith. <laughs> and the Bible says that they go and they begin to activate their faith and they begin to dig these trenches. When they got done digging the trenches, it says that the Lord brought the water from the earth. Does it say it rained? Like it was a supernatural event that took place. And so I was talking about activating your faith. And while I was preaching, boy, I was just digging up dirt and throwing it everywhere. There was dirt everywhere. And I said to them, I believe that God wants some people here this morning to activate your faith. And I have these little shovels all in the dirt. And this 73-year-old guy comes up and he grabs a shovel. And he sticks the shovel in the dirt and he activates his faith. And he doesn't tell me at the moment. But there was 200 people came up to the altar and they activated their faith. And three months later, I will never forget, he come up to me with tears in his eyes right here. And he's bawling and he says to me, I thought your little shovel thing was dumb. I said, okay, me too. He said, I went up there. He said, I have been addicted to porn my entire life since I was a young man. I've never been able to break it. Never been able to release it. I've always held on to it. He said, I went up there with tears in my eyes and I grabbed that shovel and I said, God, I don't know how in the world you're going to work through this, but I'm activating my faith. And he shoved that shovel in the dirt and he threw the dirt and he took that thing home and he stuck it right beside his keyboard. He said, to this day, that shovel sits beside my keyboard every single time I look at that shovel. It reminds me that I'm walking in victory from taking some stupid shovel and throwing it in the dirt. I believe that God will do what you allow him to do today. In just a minute, up on the altars, there's these sheets if you don't have one. It's up to you. You don't have to do it. Maybe it's dumb. But I'm believing God's about to do a supernatural work in some people. And here's what I'm going to do. Altar team, 
Would you join me up here at the front? And altar team, if you have a sheet and you're gonna, you're gonna rip it up and allow God to do some work in you, I wanna ask you guys to do that first. Everybody else, would you stand up? I'm gonna pray for you. And then up on the altars, we have these sheets. They say fool's gold. If God is revealing to you areas in your life that you need to get rid of, that you need to refocus on, and you need to allow him to do a supernatural work in you, I'm asking you, would you do a physical work to receive a a supernatural work? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that chains would be broken off. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that fool's gold would be laid down right now as we rip these things up physically as we are tearing them up. God, that you are tearing them out of our lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Listen, we're about to, they're about to lead us in worship. Our altar team is up here and they're getting ready to pray for anyone that needs prayer. Right now, if you wanna grab one of these sheets, there's sheets, there's pins, there's gold nuggets. As, we, as they lead us in prayer, would you come? And Susie's gonna go if you're exiting and you wanna go and, and see the heart center, she's gonna go ahead and head back right now. If you want God to do a supernatural work in you, would you grab that sheet? Would you grab a nugget? And if you need prayer, would you come and allow them to pray for you? Right now, would y'all lead us in, in worship?